You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are getting an up-close look at some of the top prospects in the 2021 NFL Draft down at the Senior Bowl, including the standout offensive line prospect of the week, a small school kid from southern Wisconsin. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook or get even more Bears discussion in our LockedOnBears Facebook group. On today's show, I want to bring you to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl practices. But this is not a podcast space where we can go full NFL draft, in-depth, cover-to-cover, start-to-finish, wall-to-wall coverage of every prospect and every practice of the week down in Mobile. That's just not quite what fits us. If you want that, check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, Draft Dudes Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got your Senior Bowl coverage more than taken care of, don't worry. But I wanted to bring a little bit of our own perspective to it and take you more in-depth with one of the top standouts of the week. Offensive lineman Quinn Miners of Wisconsin Whitewater, Division Three. he was really one of the stars of the week, a guy that draft Twitter and the NFL draft community as a whole really started falling in love with. And I just so happened to be good friends with a coach at Wisconsin Whitewater, a offensive line coach at Wisconsin Whitewater who worked directly with Quinn Miners and has as close of a perspective on this draft prospect as we can possibly get. So joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is our good friend Owen Reese. He's a former graduate assistant at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater football team. He's a scouting assistant for the college gridiron all-star game. Uh, He also does some college football writing and other NFL draft analysis on Twitter and Bucky's fifth quarter as well. He does a little bit of everything, but he is our go-to offensive line expert, and especially with one of his Whitewater Warhawks down at the Senior Bowl. We had to get him on to kind of get the scoop on really the biggest story of the week. And, of course, Owen, the big story of the week Kristen Cavallari posting on Instagram a picture of her and Jay Cutler potentially getting back together. Uh, how are you holding up through this earth-shattering news? Um, heartbroken uh, that Kristen is with another man, but I'm I'm very happy for my friend Jay um, and hoping they can they can make it work and get back together for the kids. We yeah. are not only for, not only for their own kids, but for us as well, the collective kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 so such a mysterious game those two are playing, but there there is such a, a mystery in love. So it's really a beautiful story of, of of Cutler and Kristen potentially coming back together. No, of course, down at the senior bowl, perhaps the biggest rising star, maybe not unexpectedly, is the Whitewater product, Quinn Miners, who is a D three star, but comes to Mobile under the radar, certainly nationally, but not under the radar locally here um first of all what are your general impressions of how his senior bowl week has gone not only the the attention that he's gotten with some you know nfl network attention and national interviews but 
on the field as well. What have you seen from him compared to what you saw from him at Whitewater? Uh, yeah, truthfully, a lot of it's what I've seen uh, or had the pleasure to see during the 2019 season. Obviously, we didn't play this fall, um, although Quinn was able to practice with us and, and given his success at center, I think he'll, you know, was happy for that opportunity. He played center for us this fall, um, just kind of knew uh, preemptively getting ahead of he knew that in the league he'd have a better shot of sticking around if he could play guard and center. Uh, so he kind of took that upon himself during quarantine to learn center. Um, was snapping to garbage cans in his front in his backyard uh, in Hartford, just kind of trying to do whatever he could uh, to help prepare himself. And you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I was if I said that I was confident that he was just going to go down there um, and just be forklifting people during these these nine on seven drills and stuff. But I mean, I, I don't. Uh, I guess something that through my time coaching him, uh, one thing I will never do is count out Quinn Miners. So that's that's something I'm beyond proud of the work that he's done down there. Um, and really all that he's done since, um, you know, really since our season ended in December, 2019, kids done nothing but bust his ass, put himself in a position to succeed. Yeah. I want to get into his specific senior bowl performances, but before we do, like I was hoping you could share your perspective a little bit because I think, you know, people that don't follow college football to like the division three level you know it has this perception of course like you said it's a bunch of people that aren't going to be professional football players so the level of competition difference is a very real thing but we've seen not only players from other division three schools even offensive linemen from other division three schools ben barch last year ali marpet before that but even other uw whitewater players have gone on to the nfl i mean you've got uh jake kumaro the wide receiver bouncing around a little bit right now, but even other UW and Division three players, you know, Dan Arnold with the Saints, some of these guys have made that transition. I guess from your perspective, having played at that level, having coached at that level, and of course having been around the NFL and, and seeing players, what what is the the gap there? What and, and how bridgeable is that gap? I guess do you think people overestimate that gap or or how do how do you think players have been able to bridge that so successfully? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, like, obviously, like, it takes a kid that's extremely talented, right? Like you said, Dan Arnold, um, you know, was a, a 6'6 wide receiver who was absolutely dominant uh, when he was at UW-Platteville. Um, Nate Truen, uh, two years ago, was a center for Whitewater, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Buccaneers on their active roster, and then, um, you know, with the Rams on their practice squad as well. Um, but the Division three spectrum as a whole, I think, is probably pretty wide. Um, you know, even, like, I played at Carroll University, which is in Waukesha, and truthfully, I mean, like we were in the bottom, you know, like we, our senior year, we were nationally ranked for a short time, but I mean, like if we played whitewater, it would not have been very competitive type of thing. Um, so, I mean, like I played against two NFL guys there uh, and Alex Tanney at Monmouth college and Derek Carrier, who's currently with the Raiders still from Beloit college. But I can tell you, and I, I'm not trying to be too out of pocket with this, but like whitewater has attempted to schedule um, the non-scholarship FCS schools uh, Butler, Valparaiso, um, you know, some of those schools, uh, in the pioneer league and they won't play whitewater, um, and St. Thomas now the, the division three schools bumping up to that level. Um, you know, they won't schedule whitewater just because it's kind of a lose lose for them. If they win, well, yeah, you guys beat a division three school. Good. Um, you know, but if they, they lose, and that's, I think the, really the real fear is that how are you supposed to recruit as a division one school? If you lose to a division three school, it is a lower level of competition than anyone else played at the senior bowl. Um, you know, but it, truthfully the talent gap between UW whitewater at the top of division three would be, 
more competitive than FCS schools would like to admit, even the scholarship schools. So we don't think twice about seeing, um, you know, Carson Wentz down at the senior bowl, right. From a competition level, um, you know, Trey Lance in this year's class, right. Is being talked about as a top 15 pick. Uh, you know, I see a lot of clips of them playing Butler, you know, and, and him having a lot of success against Butler, that same Butler team that won't schedule Whitewater for fear of losing to a, a non-scholarship school, uh, division three school. There isn't much of a difference truthfully between division three and some of those lower level uh, division one FCS schools. Yeah. Miners performances this week down in mobile, I think are some pretty strong evidence for that too. We'll go a little more in depth on how exactly he's performing so well next on locked on bears. You're really one of a kind and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect that banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. Built bars have become a part of my daily life now, and I just don't think at this point I can go back. They really are the best-tasting protein bars ever because they don't taste like your traditional chalky brick of a protein bar you can buy at the grocery store. These taste like candy bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. With 18 delicious flavors, they're going to satisfy anyone's sweet tooth. That's really how I use them as like a healthy dessert alternative because they're loaded up with 17 grams of protein but they only have four grams of sugar and only 130 calories. You can't beat this anywhere else, and you really have to try it for yourself to get the full experience. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And I, I don't want to linger on this point too long, but I, I, I guess I think I can see the natural question somebody thinking, okay, so a guy like Quinn Miners absolutely dominates this competition at Whitewater and is clearly good enough to come to the Senior Bowl and keep up with Division One scholarship. I mean, Alabama offensive lineman he's playing next to at the Senior Bowl and somewhat going right in, you know, stride for stride with them in terms of the quality of the reps that we're seeing on tape. And that doesn't mean he's instantly as good as all of those Alabama players. But regardless, clearly belongs in some of the same conversations as these players. So I guess I could see someone saying, well, if he's, if he's that good at Whitewater and he's this good at the Senior Bowl, why did a player like that not transfer up from the Division three level? Why not? I mean, obviously, there has to be a team that wants him and it offers, and there's a process for that. But I guess, you know, at some point, why, why doesn't a player like this, and we've seen it with other players before that, not end up playing at a higher level somewhere along the line before they get to the NFL? Sure, and I think that's a legitimate question. I think it goes, you know, it's person by person. For Quinn, I can't speak for him, uh, you know, but as far as I, that was, that's something that we have thought about. I know there were Division one teams that were interested 
in Quinn uh, as a potential transfer option. Um, you know, as far as, you know, as them being more aggressive and reaching out, I'm not sure, you know, I, I think Quinn, uh, if, from my experience with him, he's very loyal. Uh, and I think that he takes a lot of pride in where his feet are type of thing. Um, you know, so as far as he was, he was fully locked in and ready to go to make a national championship run this fall uh, with Whitewater. I think that's something that, you know, being there in, in 2018, making it to the semis and losing, and then last year making it to the finals and losing, I think that that's something that he really had in his head. I, I certainly think that he's good enough to have played at a higher level. Um, you know, he was an under, under-recruited, you know, under-the-radar type of kid coming out of high school. So, I mean, obviously, like, it's not common to find kids like Quinn Miners at the Division Three level. I have no doubt that he couldn't have transferred somewhere to a Mac school and played. Um, you know, but it just, I think you were kind of right with it. It needs the right, um, you know, the stars need to align and, and need mutual interest. And, and truthfully, I just don't think Quinn was looking to really, you know, explore the market. I don't think that that's something that he was necessarily doing or considering uh, that heavily. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be something he wants to do. And, and some players just don't, you know, that's not, that's not their goal. That's not what they're trying to do. So I, I definitely understand. And he's fortunate to have an opportunity or opportunities like this at the senior bowl that can kind of make up for that. You know, even though he didn't get the division one level exposure at whitewater, he can come to mobile and play with division one scholarship, Alabama level offensive lineman. And really, I think he's one of the breakout winners of this week. Like as we get to the end of the week here and all the different draft analysts will write their winners and losers of the week kind of stories. Quinn Miners is going to be the name on the majority of those. Why do you think, he has been able to be so successful. I guess, first of all, you know, in, in seeing him and watching him down there, what, what have you seen that has been so impressive? And then why do you think he has been able to translate? So what is it about him and his skill set that has overcome that talent or that le- level of competition discrepancy? Yeah, so I think a big thing is that he's just, he's just really physically dominant as a player. Um, and, and we saw that at the division three level, right. And that it's something that doesn't always necessarily translate, but I mean, he was so overtly more physically talented and physically gifted than the guys that he was going against at the division three level until you really get to the high, high level division three guys. Like I said, I, I didn't expect him to go down here and just, you know, move people and, and really just assert his will physically. But I mean, he's, he's a power player. I think he'd be the first person to tell you that. And I think that for a division three player or for a guard, you know, he is six, three and a quarter, right? So he's not, he's not short, but he's certainly not the the size of some of these guys that are, you know, six, seven or six, eight, right? So he has that natural leverage. And I think that with his, you know, just his level of strength and the, you know, his skill set, I think it's, it's done really well. I think he's just, he's really transformed his body too. Um, during this time off, I know he, I uh, had texted me at one point earlier in the fall, he was down to 321 pounds at 13% body fat. So, I mean, that's, that's something where he was, you know, just changing his body composition. And, you know, as far as once he gets his hands on you and runs and, and gets you moving, you're probably going to end up on the ground. And that's something that we saw at the division three level constantly. Um, and, and we're seeing that here again, I think just, you know, maybe some guys are underestimating him at least, or maybe were initially during the week, um, you know, but he's really kind of just shown that, especially in the run game, he can just be dominant. You don't hear the oohs and ahs at practice because, you know, the center had a really nice cutoff on the backside of outside zone. You hear that because, oh, the division three kid just planted the all American from Washington again. Um, you know, so that's, that's something I think that he's, you know, taking advantage of here this week and, and is, you know, obviously 
done a great job of. Yeah, you can see it in the in the pictures and the interviews where he's got his jersey pulled up as sort of like a belly shirt, and you just get that nice offensive line gut. But it's not even like this big belly fat, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a low body fat percentage. He's just a large, strong human being who moves other large, strong human beings. Uh, you touched on it briefly there, but from a scheme standpoint, how, how do you see him best fitting at the NFL level? And I, I, I could ask from a Bears perspective, but I don't know that we know exactly what this Bears offensive philosophy and scheme is going to look like next year because it changed frequently throughout 2020. But, uh, you know, for, for any team in the NFL, you know, is he, if you mentioned him being more of like a physical guy, it would seem to be more of like a, uh, I mean, I know you guys at Whitewater are more of a, a gap scheme kind of power offense, but, you know, can you survive with him at, on the backside of an outside zone for a reach block, kind of a cutoff block there, or, or kind of reaching from center? Does he have the mobility to do that? Or, or what's his best fit scheme-wise? I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think he's always going to be like a, just a brute, um, you know, first and foremost. But I certainly think, and that's something he's um, going to, I, I, I don't want to speak for him. I think he's going to test better than people would expect. Um, and, and so I, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, eliminate that possibility for him that he couldn't be a zone center. Um, and like I said, truthfully, he hasn't played center much. He played tackle in high school uh, and he played exclusively left guard in games for Whitewater. So, you know, he's still fairly new to the center position. It wouldn't surprise me at some point if he's able to, um, you know, kind of be, be a more of a move guy, um, you know, but just from what I've seen, you know, my experience with Quinn and, you know, he's, I mean, he's physically dominant uh, and he's just, that's kind of his mentality. He's like, once I get my hands on you, it's over. Um, you know, so I think first and foremost, he's always going to appeal to a team like the Raiders uh, or a team like the Chiefs who do a lot of gap stuff, you know, maybe the Buffalo Bills. But I don't I wouldn't want to pigeonhole him into that. Right. Like someone like Deontay Brown from Alabama, like we've talked about. Right. He's just this. I mean, if you want to go like, well, I just I just do power. Right. Quinn's never going to be Deontay Brown. Um, so I wouldn't want to sell him short on that. I think he can play about anything. Truthfully, I, I know he's he's worked on his functional athleticism quite a bit during this year off. Um, so, I mean, I guess truthfully, to answer your question, you know, an ideal fit would probably be an offense that doesn't necessarily major in one or the other. Yeah, like like one of the first things you said, uh, you're, you're learning. Well, you, you learned a long time ago and we're learning to not count out Quinn Miners from any possibility that might be in front of him. So I definitely don't want to overlook his NFL future. We'll explore what his projection could be like in the NFL draft. Next on Locked On Bears. The NFL offseason quarterback carousel is already heating up, and they've got all the best odds for new quarterbacks and new teams at betonline.ag. Right now, the prop for whether or not Aaron Rodgers is the week one starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers still has yes as the favorite, minus 500, but you can get plus 300 odds on no. That would be Rodgers either leaving Green Bay or somebody else starting week one for the Packers. Odds right now for Deshaun Watson's next team have the New York Jets as the favorite, followed by the Dolphins, and then uh, tied for third with the Panthers, Saints, and 49ers. The Bears now tied at 11th with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Las Vegas Raiders, and Washington football team at plus 1,200. Similar thing for Matthew Stafford right now. Bears way down on the list at plus 2,200. The favorite for Stafford's next team, the Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco 49ers, and Denver Broncos. 
If you want to get in on the quarterback option, now is a great time to head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. Enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know, it's the end of January, still very, very early in the draft process, and you know, neither one of us has had enough time to go through the entire offensive line class or anything like that. But uh, I guess what what type of a, a draft range? I mean, I guess there's there's different perspectives here because there's what range does he deserve to go in in terms of how good he is, and then what what round teams will actually take him in because of availability. You know, the, the perception. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into where someone actually gets drafted than necessarily where their talent level is. But like, you know, how do you compare minors to? You know, even like some of the Alabama guys, maybe not uh, the, the ones at the top of the first round like Deontay Brown, but like, you know, Landon Dickerson and some of these other guys that we've seen some of. And I know there was a, an injury down there as well for one of them. I think it was Dickerson, but Leatherwood down there as well. Maybe maybe Miners versus Alabama linemen are not a fair comparison, but where do you sort of what kind of range do you put him in compared to the rest of this class? Yeah, I mean, he's certainly not going to have the bells and whistles, right? Like Landon Dickerson's an All-American, right? It was the best for my money was probably the best offensive lineman in the country this year. Um, and he's six, six and 325 pounds. Right. So he's, he's going to have that stuff. Quinn's never going to be six, six. Um, so <laughs> I think there, I mean, there's always, don't cut him out you know, as far as, as preference and, and being like, well, I want my guards to be six, six and 330 pounds. Well, that's never going to quite happen. I don't think it's out of the question that he couldn't be, an early day three guy. Um, I, I certainly, you know, just trying to to run parallels with guys who have been in this situation before, right? Obviously, Ali Marpet was a late second round pick after a great senior bowl. It's certainly something you wouldn't want to use as a precedent, right? Barch last year uh, was a, a guy who had only played the position for two years out of St. John's in Minnesota. We actually played against him in the, the semifinals in 2019. Um, you know, so, and obviously he went in the fourth round. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, like as much of a cheerleader as I'll be for Quinn, you know, like he hasn't become a better football player in the last two days. Right. Like and this is always something that we kind of fall victim to at the combine and everything else, because Quinn beats Levi and Wuzurike in a, a pass rush rep. All of a sudden, like, oh, well, Miner's shooting way up the board. Right. Like, but why? Right. Like if he was good enough to do that, like why would he be going up the board? Right. So like he hasn't become a better football player over the last two days, three days. So I don't want to get too dangerous into that. Right. But like, I don't think at this point after, from what we've seen and the precedent that we've seen set with division three guys, when they perform well at the senior bowl, you know, I don't think it's out of the question at this point that he could be anywhere from that mid to late third round to the fourth or fifth round. But at the end of the day, Quinn just went down to Mobile and just beat a bunch of Division One guys, right? Who are who are highly thought of, you know, Levi and Wuzurike I mentioned earlier from Washington, um, you know, was listed as a, a maybe the top defensive lineman in the country um, down there. And you know, you get guys like um, Osa Odigazua from UCLA, um, some and even did well against Dalen Hayes when he bumped inside. Patrick Jones from Pitt, who's been thought of as a second or third round guy, bumped inside from Pitt, um, and, and he put him in the ground in pass rush stuff. So at the end of the day, he's kind of, I think he's proven his medal. He's, he's won the tests he needed to. Um, 
I would say I would feel comfortable projecting him somewhere in that fourth to fifth round range. You know, obviously I'd be thrilled for Quinn if he somehow snuck into the top 100 picks. Last thing with, with minors before we let you go here. You know, we saw Ben Barch this season really, if I remember right, he got some A start at the end there. And like when he was on the field, looked ready. I mean, obviously it's the Jaguars and they had won like two games all season. It's a little bit of a different situation there, but like, he went from D3 to Senior Bowl to the NFL to, like, starting a game in his rookie season. Do you think Miners has that in him from a, you know, from the, the, not only the physical, it sounds like, we, yes, the physical side of the game, the Senior Bowl proves that, but, like, the mental side of, like, being able to pick up a year one offense quickly enough to know all the protections, to know all the calls and everything he needs to do that, obviously, not you're not drafting a week one guard or center starter in the fourth or fifth round, but, like, it, it, does he have enough there to be able to step in in a pinch like that or maybe earn it by the end of the season if the situation were right? Or do you think he's a guy that needs maybe a year or so on the bench in the NFL to kind of get up to speed and be really ready for it? Um, Prior to this fall, I probably would have said no, uh, in all honesty. Um, Not that he couldn't pick it up, but just that that would be a big thing. Um, And that's something that Quinn's worked on quite a bit during my time with him. And since I've known him is is just kind of building that football intelligence um, you know, and being able to see the whole picture, seeing the whole field, not just that left guard. Um, you know, so this fall, he took a lot on himself. Like I mentioned, he, he practiced uh, center for four weeks, which I think was a huge adjustment for him, right? Being that vocal leader on the offensive line, calling out a mic, you know, calling out the, the combination calls, being able to flip protections when needed. Um, so I think that was a, a big thing that, um, you know, he's been able to lean on our starting center you know, for the last year. And then before that on, on Truen, whose mental acumen was a huge part of him getting his opportunity in the NFL. Um, so I think that given this and then him needing, you know, stepping into center out of necessity at the senior bowl due to Dickerson's injury, um, you know, he and Creed Humphrey, Creed Humphrey is the only true center on the roster, um, you know, down there with that Dolphin staff. So I think Quinn's ability to show that he's able to do this, um, you know, is, is kind of, move the needle for me or put him over the edge for me. Well, he's certainly made a lot of new fans this week, both, I think, nationally in the draft community and also from NFL teams. Like you said, he hasn't changed as a player from Monday to Friday, but he has changed in how many people know his name and how many people are talking about him. Owen, I really appreciate you joining us to talk about him and I think provide a a perspective there that not very many people have. No, very few people have been this close to Quinn Miners in this level of a football, uh, real you know on on hand level uh, action. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, real quick, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and uh, what kind of draft coverage they can expect from your Twitter account. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Reese Draft. It's R I E S E Draft. Um, I write for a Packer Report uh, with the Twenty Four Seven Network. I'll be doing some stuff with them uh, with draft profiles this uh, winter and spring. Um, also at Bucky's Fifth Quarter, the Wisconsin Badgers SB Nation site. Also right there, doing their Badger-centric draft stuff. Uh, and then I'll just kind of be on the timeline, uh, dropping in my offensive line takes uh, when necessary. Um, and usually just more a lot of Packers tweets, um, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what they do and who they could target. And um, like I said, just kind of be around chatting football on the timeline. The takes will be hot, and the more importantly, when, when the tweets come out, you get a very handsome face right on your Twitter timeline. So follow him on Twitter, at Reese Draft. Owen, thank you so much for joining us, and I, I hope your, uh, your heartbreak over Kristen Cavallari continues to heal.
Hey, man, as long as she's with Jay, we'll be okay. (laughs) Thanks again to Owen Reese for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. As we draw closer to the NFL draft, we'll start ramping up our coverage a little bit more there, but we still have free agency to get through. We still have the rest of this Bears coaching staff to fill out. Potential blockbuster quarterback trade rumors continue to swirl. A lot more will happen between now and the draft. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep tabs on it. We'll always be in the back of our mind, and we'll touch base on any and all prominent NFL draft updates as we need to, but that'll be a little bit more reserved for March and April. In the meantime, we've got some other fun and interesting guests lined up, particularly next week, planning to have a few come through, still locking in some dates and times, but uh, a big name national host with some Chicago ties, as well as some local guys that do really good work that need to be heard on this podcast. So it's a fun time. Appreciate those of you who have stuck around with us, or if you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here to help you get through the offseason and get to another year of Bears football. It's already hard not having games on Sunday anymore, but hey, you know what? At least with the podcast, you can all come together and bear down.